being in a time where things are, are changing a lot and there's a lot of instability is, is always going to be difficult, but it's exciting too, because you're also getting a chance to kind of invent the future as you go along. So I think that's pretty cool. Welcome to It's All Journalism. I'm Michael O'Connell with another podcast about digital news. I'm joined today on Skype with Dr. Carrie Brown, who leads up the social journalism program at the City University of New York. Uh, the program is underwritten by Reed Hoffman, co-founder of LinkedIn, with matching funds from the Knight Foundation. Before coming to CUNY, Carrie developed and taught new courses in social media and entrepreneurial journalism at the University of Memphis. Welcome, Carrie. Hi. Hi. Well, first of all, can you sort of tell us about the uh, social journalism program at CUNY? Sure. Um, our program is brand new, just coming up on the end of its very first year. Um, fundamentally, we believe that journalism is a service, not a product. And this degree is very much focused on engaging communities and building relationships. And, and how are you doing that? Is it just through social media or is it through other means? Um, social media is really important to us, but that's not the only thing we care about, even though obviously we have social in the name. Um, our students also use techniques for engaging people face to face through events. So we're, we're not just about social media, but that is, that is also important to us. You, you say you're, you're coming up on the end of the, of the first year. How was the first year? What did you, what'd you see? What'd you learn? Uh, what's the big takeaway at this point? I think it went really well. I have students doing a lot of creative, interesting work that I'm pretty proud of and, and doing some exciting internships this fall. You know, the hardest thing I think over the past year was just, we have a one-year program, which is obviously very nice for the students. You get in, you get out pretty quickly, but that there's a lot to pack into a relatively small amount of time. So I think, you know, there were maybe a few things that next time around we're going to try to be sure we have more time for even earlier on. But otherwise, I think things have, have really went very well. We have people working with Vice, The Guardian, Chalkbeats, The Daily Dots, The Odyssey uh, this fall in, in internships or or projects similar to internships this fall. So they're doing some pretty great stuff. So are the internships part of the program? Yeah, basically the last semester of the program, students can choose either to do an independent project on their own, or they can do a traditional internship, or they can do some type of special project with a news organization that they kind of design specially um, with us and also with the editors there. So it's, it's very flexible and open in that kind of last semester so that the students can kind of design something that really fits their career goals or what they're interested in. They do choose a community to work with kind of like a beat, fairly early on in the program. And throughout all of their coursework, they're very focused on serving that community. Um, we have, you know, one that's doing African-Americans with depression. We have one serving the Irish community in New York. We have one that's doing soccer, particularly youth soccer. So those are just some examples. And, and then they can sort of choose when they get to the last semester, you know, they might want to do an internship or a project that's very relevant to what they've learned so far about that specific community. So that's one reason why we, we left it kind of flexible at that point. 
So tell me about like the structure of the program. Is it is it a single year program? Is it a sort of a couple mm-hmm. of semester sort of deal? Yeah, it's basically a calendar year. So they start in January and they graduate in December and they continue going straight through the summer with a full course load. So we're we're on a little bit of a different schedule than a lot of other programs. So those first two semesters, they take a full load of classes. We also have a lot of other events and just things going on here at the school that they participate in as well. And then the last semester, they have one class left and then they also do that independent project slash um, slash practicum slash uh, internship that I mentioned. So is it is it a graduate course? Yeah, this is a master's degree program. So they will all graduate with an MA um, in December. Oh, cool. Why was there a need for a program like this, do you think? Well, one of the things that we were hearing a lot from editors and producers was that at this point, it's not that hard to hire somebody that knows how to use Facebook or Twitter, for example, right? It's it's old news at this point. Mm-hmm. And the technology was never necessarily that hard to begin with. But what they didn't have was people that knew how to use social media in a more sophisticated way to actually build audience and engage community, communities meaningfully. So we really thought there was kind of a, a little bit of a skills gap there in the hiring pool that we could potentially fill. So that was a big piece of, of why we decided to start this degree. So how, how many uh, students did you have this first uh, year? We had 14 this first year, um, and we'll probably have some somewhere around the same number next year, maybe up to 15 or 16 is about as many as we can accommodate for now. At some point, we'd like to grow it even bigger than that. But for now, we only really have space and, and faculty enough for that many. If, you know, if I join this program, what, what can I sort of expect? What type of skills, what type of direction am I going to be expecting to go in it? Mm-hmm. I mean, we really try to go outside the box. I think what makes us the most different from other programs is we really focus on that engagement piece and listening. And we try to bring people from outside of journalism in so that we can get some different perspectives. Um, We brought in some community organizers and ethnographers, some people that have worked primarily in politics, just because we were trying to get a sense for you know, how do other groups successfully manage to build relationships with people using the web? So that's a big area of focus for us, but we are still a journalism program. So we still have classes in reporting, you know, multimedia, um, law and ethics. And there's definitely also a big technology focus. You know, social media is a big piece of it, but also product development, learning the process of, building a new product or service for a, for a news organization, because we think many of our students will do that. And we also teach a little bit of business and entrepreneurial skills as well, because we think that's really important for modern journalists to have. So, you know, I go into this program and, you know, I, I do take the classes, I, I do the internships or the project. And, and what, what, what type of uh, career am I looking to get into? Is it is it to help newsrooms to sort of you know, bridge that uh, reader engagement gap? Is, is it is it something more than that? Yeah, I think that's where the majority of our graduates will end up. There's more and more jobs these days being posted for social media editors, community engagement editors. The title's a little bit different at every organization, and so are the job responsibilities. But increasingly, that is 
a popular position that a lot of newsrooms realize they need. Um, but I think these are also pretty transferable skills. I do have a couple of students that are more interested in nonprofit advocacy work. And I think they can, you know, easily translate what they've learned here into that area. You know, even traditional reporting jobs these days are now expected to have more of these kinds of skills. So I think there's there's a variety, but I would guess that a lot of them may end up specifically doing some type of social media or engagement work. Let's talk a little bit about your journey to this place. You you were in Memphis before this. Yes. How did you get how did you get involved in social journalism? What was your sort of path? Yeah, I guess I've always been interested in social media and all the digital technologies that are shaping journalism. You know, I sort of made this my life's work because I was one of those people that, you know, believes that journalism is really important for democracy. And, you know, I just decided that if we were going to sustain our business, we were really going to have to figure out how to use these new tools in smart ways. So in Memphis, I designed and taught a couple of classes in social media and started a new entrepreneurial journalism certificate program there. So when CUNY was starting up this new program, it seemed like a perfect fit for what I've just been interested in for a really long time and, and what I enjoy teaching. So I've, I've been really lucky to be able to be a part of it. So what do, what do you see is the biggest challenge facing journalists or, or just even newsrooms in general when it comes to social? I think one of the biggest challenges is just that doing this well takes time. And time is something that none of us have as much of as we want to. And I think there's a lot of ways that you can either leverage technology or time management skills to help you out, but it's still definitely difficult. And, and obviously we're also in a chaotic time for news right now. I'm, I'm pretty bullish on the long-term future, but you know, of course, being in a time where things are, are changing a lot and there's a lot of instability is, is always gonna be difficult, but it's exciting too, because you're also getting a chance to kind of invent the future as you go along. So I think that's pretty cool. So what, what what things have you give you the most hope about sort of where where we are at at this point? Mm -hmm. um, what gives me the most hope is that, you know, news organizations like The New York Times um, just last week, they put out a new report about their current strategy. And a lot of it mentioned audience engagement, audience building. So I think we're just really starting to see the industry starting to really be more open to innovation and experimenting with new ideas. And that's really where we need to be. So I'm pretty excited about that as well as, you know, all the startups that are cropping up in the, in this space, you know, from ProPublica that's now been around for a while to some of the newer ones. I mean, that's, that's really encouraging. I think that we've got new stuff going on. Do, do, you, do you think it's just easier for, for digital startups to sort of, you know, excel in this or at least recognize you know, the importance of, of uh, being good in social mm -hmm. compared to more. Yeah, I think it's definitely easier because you don't have your legacy routines and, and practices dragging you down. Um, but I mean, legacy media still has very strong brands in a lot of communities. And I think that if they're smart, they can leverage that and still do really well. So, so how do you use social in your own life? 
you, do you tweet a lot? Do you Facebook a lot? Do you? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty prolific, um, particularly on Twitter. But I also really like Swarm and Foursquare. I also use Facebook and Instagram. Um, you know, I just I try to practice what I preach. And since I'm in academia now, you know, I want to be sure that I'm you know still staying on top of what's going on in the real world and the profession. And I think that social media is a great way to connect with journalists in addition to, you know, posting your own work. Um, so I, I definitely am, am pretty active there. Yeah, I, I'm, um, you mentioned Foursquare and Swarm, and that's that's one of those platforms that, that's not always, you know, front and center in the conversations about social. Yeah. But, you know, I, I've actually been having a pretty good time on, on, on Swarm lately. Uh, I think yeah. it's made a kind of a nice transition. Right. I know. I keep trying to convince my friends to make Swarm cool again, because I think, <laughs> I mean, it, it, I think it's just kind of fun, but it also really can be useful, especially in New York here where everyone's very busy. It's easier for me to find out where somebody is rather than making a series of elaborate plans with them. So I think it's useful that way. And also it's kind of just a a record of things that you've done and places you've been and, and good tips for places to go. So yeah. I'm still a fan, but I know that, uh, I know that some people have kind of quit using it, but yeah, yeah, no, I, you know, I think we should try to make a concerted effort to sort of bring it back to what, what it once was. I was really surprised when they, they switched over to swarm. Um, yeah, I was too. When they split the app, I'm still not sure that was the best decision, but I'm still using it. So yeah, I know, and, and I, I have several friends who, who use it as well. What do, what do you think about the photo app? So about about Instagram, about you know how people are using that, how journalists are using that. Yeah, I am seeing just more and more, and especially younger people adopting it. You know, the social web is so visual. I just read an article a couple of weeks ago about National Geographic having tremendous success on Instagram. So, you know, there's a brand that has a storied history of great photojournalism, but is also making it work on social. So I think that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, Snapchat is the one that I'm still trying to figure out i feel like if you're over 30 it's hard but but i like that news organizations are are experimenting with that as well because i think it's important to be where your audience is yeah and, and let, let's talk a little bit about snapchat chat how do you see you know how can that be used practically for journalism do you think yeah i mean i think it's the easiest if you're one of the organizations that is on the Discover tab and you know has a relationship with Snapchat so that they're surfacing your content. Um, I think that does make it a little bit easier to leverage. Um, you know, I've seen different organizations like the New York Times actually they'll let a different person take over the account for a day hmm. and just give their perspective. I think Charles Blow, the columnist, actually did that a week or two ago. I thought that was kind of creative. You know, it's it's a way of engaging with younger people and helping them get to know some of your reporters or columnists in maybe a new way and, you know, maybe just getting your brand out there. So I thought that was kind of kind of cool. Yeah. And, and have you have you been thinking much about um, like Periscope and Meerkat? about um, how that wor works and yeah, how people I are mean, using that? Yeah, I had my students, like, when it came out, Periscope and Meerkat both came out earlier this year. Right away, I just had them go out and just start experimenting with it, you know, just see see how it works, see what they think the best use is for their particular community or beat. Um, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see 
where that goes because it's still pretty new but i think you know for some live events or protests things like that i mean it, it just makes a lot of sense to to use as a tool so i think yeah. it's great for that yeah we just we just did a podcast about that i i've been i've been using it a little bit but you mm-hmm. know you know I, I sadly i don't get out of the office that much so it's usually just yeah. videos of 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 the studio and not not, not much much more interesting than that so yeah. you're you're a um a journalism educator Mm-hmm. Do you do you see that that this is um, that social journalism is something that more and more um, uh, programs are adopting? Is, is this or is this just sort of one of those other uh, specialties that maybe only a few will sort of get on, get behind? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think most universities at this point are teaching at least a class or two in social media and engagement. Um, because it's just become so important and so many employers are now asking for it. Um, I don't know of any program that does it quite the way ours does, um, you know, because that's the whole focus of the degree and it is a graduate degree, you know, that gives us a little bit more time and flexibility to, you know, focus on a relatively narrow piece of journalism. But I, I am definitely seeing it pop up all over the place. I think there's a lot of educators that are interested in it, are teaching it now, or plan on teaching it more in the future. So, so where do you see journalists um, sort of falling down when it comes to social? That, that maybe they should be doing something better? Yeah. I think there's still a lot of people using it as a broadcast channel rather than as a two-way channel. Um, you know, people that the only thing they do is just share links to their stories and they don't engage um, you know, I think that doesn't fit the medium um, as well as those that are willing to use it with a little bit more personality and voice and are willing to engage, you know, and talk back to their audience and, and ask questions and use it for crowdsourcing and reporting and things like that. So I think I think many of us could do a lot more on social than they are now. Um, do, can, you, can you think of any um, news outlets that you see that are using it really well? I think most of the the bigger brands, partly just because they have more resources and they have a whole (laughs) team at their disposal. So maybe it's not fair. But, you know, I think like the New York Times, Washington Post, The Guardian all do pretty well. I really like what a lot of the uh, nonprofit news startups do, you know, ProPublica. Uh, Center for Investigative Reporting out in California. I think they're all doing some really interesting creative work engaging the audience and really producing real impact. Um, Once the stories that they publish come out, they're really engaging the people that are affected by those stories really well. And I think that's really important and kind of cool. Uh, Just to go back to your program for a minute. I mean, when you, when you come up with a new program like this, you probably have some sort of thoughts and expectations about, you know, what you're going to teach and the direction that you're going to go. Was there anything that sort of you know, as you got into the thick of it, that you saw that it was sort of maybe taking a different direction? Um, I think, I think we were right with our initial areas of focus. We basically kind of set it up as, you know, we were going to have a handful of key pillars, um, you know, listening, uh, technology, uh, journalism, obviously reporting, uh, business skills, so, and I think we were right in, in our big picture kind of thing. The devil's just in the details, really, I think, and just in terms of 
being sure that all the students are learning everything that they need to know, that they're getting enough practice, you know, and hitting the right balance too between, I mean, students still need to be great writers, they need to be great reporters. All of those so-called traditional skills are still critically important today. So kind of making sure that we're get, even though we're a more specialized degree, still being sure that they have enough of the basics that they, you know, they can hold their own in the newsroom, that they're still good storytellers when they need to be, you know, that they're still good writers. That that's kind of the thing that's a little bit a little bit trickier and is something that I think will always be, you know, you can always make it a little bit better or you can always sort of tweak a little bit what you're doing to make it um, a little bit of a better fit for the students. So so before we, we started talking, I mentioned this article that I just saw, and I know you didn't read it, and to be fair, I didn't read, read, read very much of it, but it was um, it's sort of talking about this idea that you know some newsrooms may view the, the social journalist, the person who's hired for that to fill that particular position, whatever that position is, it, you know, maybe not as a real journalist or somebody who is not, you know, I, I guess lesser of, of what would be considered a tr traditional journalist. Do you, what are your thoughts on something like that? Um, I do still hear that a little bit. You know, there is still sort of some lingering sense that the only real journalists are those that do extremely long form, hard hitting investigative reporting and everybody else is sort of uh, second class. Um, you know, but I think that is slowly starting to change. And I think particularly among younger people, you know, these are interesting jobs where they really get to be on the cutting edge. You know, they're dealing with tools that are both very popular now and are always changing going forward. So I think that is starting to evolve and these are becoming more interesting, more highly prized jobs. But yeah, there is still... Among some people, you know, there's a perception that they're not as prestigious. Um, there's also a lot of women that work in social media jobs. So I think some of that may be, you know, traditional sexism um, that plays out in, in newsrooms because of that. So there's a little bit of that, too. So, well, seeing as you mentioned sexism and, and, and uh, journalism and, or women in newsrooms. So there's been a lot of talk in journalism in the last few years, the last couple of years about women receiving negative feedback, um, you know, sexist feedback uh, through their social media. Yeah, it's definitely a real problem. Um, we talk with our students a lot about trolls. We actually read a whole book about the psychology of trolling, trying to understand, you know, why people do that, what motivates them, you know, what are some strategies that you can use to deal with it. Um, you know, I think for most people, um, other than a few nasty comments here and there, you know, I think there's a lot of fear out there, but it's not for the majority of journalists, at least that I found, it doesn't end up becoming a huge problem. But I mean, it, there are some people who end up being stalked or get extremely abusive, extremely threatening behavior. And that's a real problem. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are working on that. You know, a friend of mine, Michelle Ferrier at Ohio University, actually just built an app that is designed to help um, people deal with trolls, women deal with trolls. And I think that's going to be really exciting to see where she goes with that. But yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's when you're when you put yourself out in public, there is always going to be, you know, some risk that somebody out there is going to see it and is going to give you a lot of negative feedback. So, so you're wrapping up your, your first year here. 
Do you, do you see the the program as it goes going forward as being much different uh, the the next year? I don't think so. I mean, I think we'll basically stick to the basics of what we had. I think we're just mostly doing a lot of tweaking and seeing where we can kind of fit just a little more in. Um, you know, I felt like even though we did do, for example photography, video, multimedia stuff, I feel like next time I want to do even more to make sure that my students are really adept, you know, in, in all media, because, you know, social and community engagement definitely relies on having really strong, you know, visu visual and multimedia skills. So, you know, we're just going to try to be sure we can, we can do more stuff. And also we're partnering starting next year and maybe even a little bit earlier than that, we're partnering um, with Storyful. They're going to do, they did some boot camp training in verification for us this year, but next year we hope to do even more because you can't really get enough of that. Um, and they offered three internships um, to our students for next year. So that'll be a pretty great opportunity for them. As we sort of wrap up here, I guess the, the question that I was, that I'm going to have to ask is how can people find you on social? Um, they can find me on Twitter at Brizzy C. Um, I tweet a lot and we also use the hashtag social J and we definitely welcome anybody to join us in posting links that are relevant to social journalism or having conversations with us using that hashtag. Um, we also have a medium publication. Um, if you search that hashtag, you probably should be able to find it fairly easily. And I try to, you know, share stories about what we're learning and what we're doing and what our students are up to on, on that medium publication as well. So is there anything in particular about social that you're really kind of thinking about a lot lately that, that concerns you or, or just sort of is occupying your attention? Um, I guess I'm, I'm just thinking a lot about how we can um, best incorporate uh, design thinking practices. Um, that's something that we did teach and use in the first year, but I think it's just a really interesting way to start the process of really learning about what does this community that I'm about to serve, what do they need? How do they think about the issues facing them? How can I make news that I already know as a journalist is really important. How can I make that relevant and give people some of the entry points that they need to actually understand it and recognize that it's important to their lives? Um, so I'm thinking about those kinds of things a lot, as well as how to incorporate, you know, just design principles and entrepreneurial principles into social media, you know, throughout the curriculum in as many ways as possible. So those are the kinds of things I've been thinking about lately. Cool. Well, I think it's a great place for us to wrap up. I, I really appreciate you giving me this time. Um, that was and, fun. And it's fun. And, and I hope maybe uh, I can, uh, in the next year or so, I can follow up and see how things are going. Yeah, uh, anytime. Social... That would be great. Okay, cool. Well, thank you. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Good talking to you. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the changing state of digital news. Find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. Past episodes are also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. This week's It's All Journalism was produced by Michael O'Connell and Amber Healy. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening. Music.